Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel was epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. This week, we got one of the best water action photographers in the world. This guy grew up in the heavily talented surf skate scene of Santa Cruz. He's a real deal who charges hard both on a surfboard 
and a skateboard. Having been on both sides of the camera lens for over 25 years gives him a different perspective, advantage, and unique ability to capture unbelievable images. We are stoked to have Dave Nelly Nelson. Thank you. Honored to be on with you guys. Hey, hey Nelly, that was probably one of the, I mean, you're lucky because Larson's getting really good at these introductions. So, I mean, dude, seriously. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I'm honored to be have on you, with you Have guys. you taken very many photos of Jay at all? No. Uh, I'm too old. No, I did in Oahu. Because <laughs> he, he kind of gave you an introduction like he did Taylor Steele, like one of the best ones I've ever heard. Oh yeah, he's sick. I, I was thinking he he must owe you. He must owe you something, man. Uh, I think I owe him. I I treat every guest like a list. Come on, bro. You better, bro. You better. Everyone in Santa Cruz is a huge Jay Larson fan. That's for sure. You know, I love I love all the boys. I had so much time going up there all over the years. So much time and so much fun. Yeah, so many good ways. But shh, but. <laughs> that last well was actually was just pure hype up here and it was like the most crowded I've ever seen it and it didn't really produce which was weird because it looked good on the maps it looked like a good direction and, and a good interval but it was like it was weird, really weird swell nice so let's start at the beginning Nelly where okay. uh how old were you and where do you start surfing uh I started surfing when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Caught my first wave in the whitewash at Natural Bridges. Nice. Um, I think I was on like a 710 Hout single fin. <laughs> and uh, I was hooked immediately, immediately hooked. Nice. And, Who introduced and, you? Um, what's that? Who introduced you to, to surfing? Uh, just some of my friends. Um, Mark Whiteman and Tony Michaels, a couple friends of mine that I grew up with. And um, I think after that, I bought that board. I was borrowing it, and I bought that board. So I rode a 710 single fin for a while after that. And then um, I ended up coming down there, and I bought a Wave Tools 4 fin out of the Infinity Surf Shop in Huntington. Oh, wow. Wow. And... uh, so we, wait, were staying, we were staying in a house at Newport at 54th Street, and I paddled it out to, to 54th Street, and I got surrounded by all the locals, and they're like, hey, that's my board. And I'm like, what? I just bought this thing at Infinity. And they're like, no, oh, that's my board. It got stolen. And, they, and I ran out of the water, and they chased me back to the house. You're kidding wow. me. Wow. You and, bought a uh, stolen surf, wasteful surfboard. <laughs> I bought a stolen surfboard from Infinity Surf Shop. Back when Huntington was all rootsy, and it was like, I swear that the surf shop was like wooden. It was a wooden surf shop. It was like <laughs> where Jack's is now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's wow. incredible. So they chased they, you. They, those, those, those boards probably had like unique air spray and everything, so it was pretty oh, easy yeah. to call out. It was all checkered out. It was definitely that era, the Danny Kwok. Uh... Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Whatever that era was called, I forget. So, so you, guys were, you guys were staying in Newport and, and it was your first paddle out? It was my first paddle out on the board. I had just bought. I think I How bought it for you? like sixty bucks used at Infinity. Oh, I was crushed. So, so I had to give them their board back. No way. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what did the shop say when you went back? Uh, they they ended up getting the guy because he had to leave his name or whatever, and I ended up getting the board back. But it was months later. And it was just it was just ironic because it was like my first experience of buying a board from a shop, and I was so excited. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, that's kind of heartbreaking because you know you you you're down in Newport, right? And you're yeah. Psyched. How old were you? You're like thirteen or something. Yeah, I think I was thirteen, and uh, you know uh, that whole area was like blowing up. That was the Jeff Parker, Danny Kwok. Echo Beats, yeah, you know, yeah. And so, I just, I, you know, like that's what I lived for. We were listening to punk rock, and it was all about punk rock surfers and and uh, surf punks yeah. all day long. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, 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 who? Before we jump into like anything else, how, how did you come up with the nickname Nelly? Who, who, who coined that for you? I think that was my nickname from day one, like <laughs> kindergarten, kindergarten on. You know what I mean? It was, it was even, uh, yeah. That's just been a standard. Everyone spells it differently, but it's always been N L E N E L L Y. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been the rapper for Halloween? No, yeah, <laughs> but I do like Nelly. Yeah. I remember, I remember when he came out. We were in Bali, and they were playing it everywhere we went. All you got to do is put, like, a little black eyeliner underneath your eye, dude, and, and put a, a silver tooth in front of you. There you go. Perfect. Done. <laughs> That's easy Halloween costume. Yeah. That so, guy's the sickest. So, what did you get after the wave tools? I ended up with a Cruteau after that. Mike Cruteau. Do you guys remember that guy, the shaper? No. Uh-huh. Uh, he was he was uh, way ahead of his time. He made like all kinds of different concaves and like b- like beveled out boards that um, seven fifty seven fins, the square fins, and all that stuff. Uh, he shaped in Hawaii for a long time. I think he worked with the Willis brothers on some different designs too. Anyway, I, I ended up with one of his boards, and um, that's actually one of the beginnings of how I 
ended up meeting TR, which that meeting with TR was like changed my life because he was like one of my idols. I knew of him from skating and surfing and then photography, of course. And he rode for Coteau. And Mike Curteau came up to me one day at the hook, and he said, hey, Grom, you're surfing pretty good. He said, what do you think about trying out for my team? And I said, oh, I'd be honored or whatever. And so he's like, come by my shop, and we'll hook you up or whatever. So I went by his shop, and he's like, take any board you want. And so I went in there, and I saw one of TR's boards. It said TR, and it was in a tank. And it said TR model and all this stuff. So I grabbed that wow. one. Wow. And, so uh, Tony Roberts already yeah. had a model back then? Yeah, Tony Roberts, dude. Wow. And, uh, so I had never met him personally, but I knew all about him. You know, I just idolized him because he was a, not only a good surfer, but he was a really good skater. And that's what that's what I wanted to be. You know I mean? I wanted to be a good surfer and skater. And, yeah. uh, so I grabbed it, and I rode it for like two months without a leash. And I put all kinds of dings in the board. <laughs> and then Croteau called me one day and he said, hey, let's get that board back. And so I, I like snuck it in there and stuck it back in the rack when he wasn't looking. And then like two days later, TR called me and he's like, are you Dave Nelson? He's like, you owe me, mon- you owe me money, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so we ended Why up making no leash? Uh, uh, I just didn't have one. Oh. I was a grom, you know what I mean? I just didn't. I just didn't even think that far, you know, and I didn't, I didn't never do anything for money, so I never had me. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, BNTR made a place to meet up, and we met up, and he's like, oh, you're that guy that skates derby. He's like, oh, don't even trip. He's like, don't worry about the money. And so we ended up, like, right then having, like, that was the kickoff of our friendship. And How so cool. we ended up shooting a ton of stuff together and skating and surfing together. And we became really tight friends over the years. Yeah. So, so instead of having to give him money for a board you, you trash, you ended up being best friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was like that, the, the fact that he forgave me and let me go off the hook because I was tripping. Yeah. Um, so just definitely gave me a lot of respect for him too. That's awesome. So, so Cruteau kind of just saw you out in the water and said, hey, you surf pretty good? Yeah, he was he was scouting for, for new team guys at the hook, and I don't know. I, I don't know what happened, but I probably did like a backside floater or something. He's all, that guy's good enough. You know, you know, it's not yeah. like I was ripping at that point. That's for sure. So, so did, uh, did you make it on the team eventually? Uh, just for that little period of time. <laughs> okay. Did you surf contests at all or get into contests? No. No, I didn't surf contests. Okay. What about skating? Wait. Did you guys do any skate What's contests? That? Did you guys oh, do any... kind of breaking up a little bit. I'm going to move around a little bit. Okay. D- did you guys get into skateboard contests? I did a few skate contests for sure. Yeah. Nice. Quite a few. Nice. Um, was, was that kind of like what all the grounds were doing, surfing and skating? Yeah, we just surfed and skated and shot. TR uh, was shooting photos and video, and so he was the guy to shoot with here in Santa Cruz, but always. You know, and I started, like, studying his work, and, you know, I was always into photography since I was a little kid, and so it's kind of a natural progression. 
I ended up buying one of his water housings off of them and started shooting water shots. And uh, he ended up moving to Costa Rica. And when he moved to Costa Rica, he came over to my house and gave me some of his equip- like old equipment and some photography books and some contacts. And um, one of the contacts he gave me was the guy at O'Neill. And the second, you know, I think I even took him to the airport. The second I got back from the airport, I went straight to O'Neill and said, hey, I'm shooting water shots. You want to check some out? And that was kind of the beginning. Wow, okay. How, so so how, TR kind of hooked you up with your first equipment? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I had equipment before that, but not like professional equipment, you know? Yeah. So I brought a camera everywhere I went with me, and I kind of always traveled. So I was shooting a lot of photos, but I was just shooting print film and making photo albums, you know? Yeah. Ever since I was little, and then as soon as I started getting into the professional equipment and shooting slides and stuff, then, you know, things changed. Yeah, yeah, because that's an expensive like hobby or career or you know kind of business to get into. Like that equipment, those camera lenses are bank, especially the water housings that, that have to get custom made. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's. So I actually bought the ha- the camera body that fit into his housing, used or whatever, and then bought a fisheye and started swimming. Every ch- as soon as I got that far, it was like every time it was sunny, I was swimming. Just psyching. Yeah. So, who were you? Uh, who were your first like subjects when you when you got into it? Who were the guys were uh, you uh, sh- shooting regular with? Uh, a bunch of local kids like Tim Ward, the artist. Do you guys know Tim Ward? Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of guys from around the Point, Pleasure Point area. And then, as I started to get better and better water shots, then. The Matt Rockholds and the Homer Heenards and the Josh Mulcoys started to Omar Omar Echeverry. Everyone started yeah. to see really quickly that there was, you know, water shots coming out and there was no water drops all over them. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're perfecting your craft and starting to get some attention. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nice, nice. Uh, and where is yeah? Because you good? Uh oh. I can hear you. We can hear you. You there? Yeah. Okay. Now we're back. All right. Lost you for a second, but. So, um, where did you just shoot all over Santa Cruz, or like, did you have a particular spot that you focused on? Everywhere, everywhere, and anywhere. You know, it didn't take long. You know, I started probably six months after I started shooting. I got like the pullout poster of Surfing Magazine. Wow. In Reunion Island. And it was an old photo that I had taken, but I sent it in with the submission of new water shots, and they, like, picked that one out right off the bat, and they're like, oh, let's run this. And so they, I got the pull-out poster, and from that moment on, it was it was pretty on. Wait, so you said what? Reunion Island? Reunion Island, yeah. I moved to Reunion Island when I was younger, um, and I actually have the photo right here. You moved there as a youth, in your youth. Like, how did you do that? Parents? Uh, well, my friend was, I, I met this guy in Maui, and he was from Senegal, West Africa. And when he when, when I left Maui, I moved back to Santa Cruz, and he moved to Reunion, and we stayed in touch. And he opened a restaurant over there, and he said, you can have a job if you get over here. Wow. And so I ended up, like, me and my girl broke up. 
and I just kind of sold all my stuff and just took all the money and moved to Reunion Island to spare the wow. moment. So, so what, what an incredible, like, you know, place to, to, to take photos because, I mean, how beautiful everything is there. Yeah, look oh, at that, that photo right there. St. Lou? No, it's not St. Lou. It's the next point up. It's uh, Puento Sal, it's called. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So I ended up surfing that spot. It was really, really sketchy. It was like one feet deep and like full of fire coral. So brutal. Nelly, let's go back though. Um, so you, okay. how, how old were you when you started taking uh, photographs, started, uh, started shooting? How old were you? When I first took my first photo, you mean, you mean professionally or just first photographs? Just first photos, just when you start picking up that, 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 uh, when, I was, when I was nine years old, my mom gave me a camera, a brownie. I still have it. It's right here. Wow. wow. That's incredible. So that, that was, that was my first camera. And, um, we used that kind of film right there. <laughs> Let me see and that I, again. I shot photos on this camera until I ended up, my dad ended up buying me a Pentax, and I shot photos on that for years and years and years. But like I said, I never used, I never used slide film, so everything was just print film just for me. I made a ton of collages and photo albums, but I had never even thought of making a career of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then when you started, uh, shooting photos with uh getting stuff from tr equipment from tr was that like early 90s uh yeah i think mid 90s mid 90s mid 90s um and, and you were my mentioning friend, my, you're mentioning my friend his, Berto, the guy who owns consolidated skateboards he was looking at looking through all my photos and he was like dude He's like, you need to start shooting slides, bro. Your photos are insane, and you're just wasting. Like, if you end up getting the A++ photo, you're not even going to be able to submit it anywhere. And so I started shooting slides, and that was a big process, you know what I mean? Because it was basically 20 bucks a roll to shoot film. Wow. So 10 bucks for the roll of film, and it's 10 bucks to process it, right? So I, I learned how to be picky, and, and, you know, then I bought the water housing, and kind of went on from there you yeah. know but like i look back at my slides now and i i find those early shots and the the ratio wasn't that good you know what i mean <laughs> i have slides everywhere these are all my slides wow so there's my slide table i'm editing down a book right now and uh they're just everywhere there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of slides so so i mean you're taking on your Pinta or Pinto, uh, what, what did you Pintax. have after Pintax? Like, was that like just your normal roll film? What was your first like slide camera, slide film camera? It was a Canon. Um, yeah. Like one of the old school Canons that probably shot like two frames a second or something really, really slow. And uh, you had to get it right. Yeah. yeah. So my ratio was really low, but like, you know, when you're, when you're frothing, you learn really fast, yeah. and I was definitely like psyching on photography. It was like the, it, it was it was my new uh, addiction, basically. Yeah. Did you take a, like a photography class at, at high school? Uh, I took a class at in college um, down in San Diego, but it, I just mainly learned just from trial and error. Yeah, 
it's tr help help you with like the exposure and light settings and stuff for shooting yeah yeah he did but i kind of already knew about settings before that cool he just more taught me how to like line up with people in the water and like um get really really close you know what i mean and, and i kind of already knew that because of shooting with him like he got he got like in your face every single time because yeah. he shot a lot of fisheye stuff and if you're not close the photo doesn't really pop you have to be like inches yeah. away from the subject you know what i mean so crazy so and so he he taught me the importance of that kind of stuff so um santa cruz you, you kind of came out at the right time as far as like being a photographer kind of ex sh uh, highlighting and showing Santa Cruz surfers, right? It was, it was the absolute, it was like a perfect storm because before I started shooting seriously, there was a bunch of guys like Chris Klopp, TR, Ron Edwards, Bob Barber, they were all battling over the subjects, right? Yeah. And that was kind of before the peak. So that was, you know, the end of Richard Schmidt and Vince Collier and those guys' era. And the beginning of the Rufo, Flea, their era, like, they hadn't even peaked yet, right? Yeah. And then those guys all moved away at the exact same time. And they left it open to me. And I was, like, the only guy shooting water here. What a trip. Yeah. And everyone was peaking. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like Josh Loya and Skin Dog and Rappoy and Barney, Flea and Tashnik and Peter Mel. And it just goes on and on and on. There's yeah. Just, it's endless. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I wanted you know, to. I mean, like, yeah, I wanted uh, to bring that up because Santa Cruz, you know, it, it was a lot more localized. And, you know, they, they, want, they didn't want cameras, you know in the water or on the land back in the day right i mean it was way more black and white and like you know more localized and i'm sure you know it was, it was definitely tougher to to, to be a, a surf photographer and yeah then, it's still that way on and off you know what i mean it's like especially with social media like you know i have guys they're like dude, dude don't post that till like this is a, this sandbar's over you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they're like this you know what i mean yeah. and it's like that's kind of cool made, though right i've made a few mistakes where i've posted something from from that day where it's like oh and then the next day's firing and and people they yeah you know show up because they saw your photo and it's like so i've learned i've learned the hard way a couple yeah. times and and uh try to keep it really low-key don't name any spots and and try not to post like if i know that it's going to be firing for three or four days after that i will never post anything that's funny yeah. that's funny though hey you got you gotta you gotta learn so yep. so um when did you uh you, you were mentioning that 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 reunion island photo that was that the first photo you ever got publicized um, I had my very first photo published. Um, it was published in Beach Happy magazine. Sick. But it was just a little teeny photo way back in the day, like probably like 30 years ago. And then, Who was and it? And then I, I think I had one more little photo published somewhere, and then all of a sudden I had a, a pull-out poster. And when that pull-out poster came, it was just, it changed my life, you know what I mean? It was like, well, I can do this, you know? Wow. So... 
like, do you like remember? the future's here. Um, I'm ready. Do you remember who that was that, that you took the first photo on in Beach Happy? It was a friend of mine named Guy Young from the trip we did down to Pasquale's. Um, and we surfed one of the left points south of there. And it was just like a pulled back lineup photo of him doing like a slash. Sick. It was a pretty, pretty sick photo, but it was like tiny, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'll always cherish that because that was my very first photo published. Yeah. What kind, what kind of, I mean, with it, without throwing out numbers, but like, were you stoked on getting, you know, something paid for that? Or was it like, holy crap, I got a huge check? Uh-oh, you're going to have to read that one. Did you doubt again? Did, did you get paid for oh, that first photo? I think I got 15 bucks for the first photo. And I'm happy. <laughs> nice. But I got 500 bucks for that pull-out poster. And shortly after that, uh, I think one of the big companies took me to Cabo. And uh, it was a surfing trip with, like, Joel Centeo and Dane Reynolds and all those kids when they were, when they were like, 14 years old. Yeah. And that was, like, the beginning of the end, like, after that trip. It was just trip after trip after trip. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of jumping around here, but um, let's go back to, okay, TR went okay. to Costa Rica, and he, he gave you a bunch of his old equipment, right? And then, um, yep. and then you said you, your first call was to O'Neill, right? Yeah. Now, what, what happened with that? Did, did, you, uh, did they kind of make you their house photographer or... So the very first thing that happened was um, I started shooting with a bunch of their athletes right off the bat, and then uh, I sent a submission to Surfer Magazine. It was right before I went on retainer and was surfing. And Jason Murray, I think it was, or one of those photo editors, yeah, it was Jason Murray, he called me up and he's like, hey, don't tell anyone, but you got the cover. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, what? And so then... That, that cover came out of Adam Repogel, and uh, that changed my life forever, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was just like a dream come true, and it was like, there was like a million O'Neill hits on it, and so O'Neill was just like, psyching. Yeah. I can only imagine from like your perspective of like, getting a photo is like a surfer getting a photo in the mag. You know, we're sharing the same like, same passion, same stoked. Yeah. Of like, you got the shot, I got the shot, or whoever you're, you know, you're shooting with is. It's it's got to be freaking insane. It was. Barney called it cover acid. When you got the cover, you're on cover <laughs> acid. Dude, that's incredible. So, and that probably just opened the doors for a lot of other opportunities with brands and magazines. It did. It was just like, you know, life changer. It was classic. That day was classic because. Uh, we went down to this spot, like beach break, really powerful beach break that day, and uh, and we checked this one break out. Adam put his suit on, and he was like psyching to go out, and uh, we knew we weren't going to surf there. And Adam peed in his suit in rebellion because <laughs> he wanted to go out at this spot, and and uh, we made him get back in his car and follow us to the next spot, and he was so mad. And then we got to the next spot, and it turned on, and it just turned into, like, perfect six to eight foot huge caves. And then he ended up getting the cover. And he wouldn't even talk to me for, like, 
days afterwards because I made him go for the other. He was so pissed. Oh my <laughs> gosh! How stoked so was he after that? that history up there, you know what I mean? There it is. Oh whoa! Hold on, hold on. Keep that going. That's insane. So tell us that. Who is that? What's that? Who was that? Adam Ripogel. Who who peed in his who peed in his suit because he didn't want to leave a spot to go surf that spot. Yeah, because we pulled up at this one spot and it was kind of kegging, but we knew we had been to the other spot the day before, and so we knew it was going to be firing. And he didn't believe us, basically. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Because uh, not you know our. our our audience probably doesn't know, but do you get paid for cover? Oh, yeah. I think I got 1500 bucks or something for that. Damn. And I'm sure Adam made a, a, a good photo incentive too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not only do you get a huge photo incentive bonus, but, you know, then you get paid a bigger salary the next year because we got a cover, you know. There's only 12 covers a year. Yeah. So if you get one of them, you're like kind of blowing up. At least back then, that was the story. That's amazing. So, so you mentioned, uh, so that was Surfer Magazine, and then you mentioned that you were on retainer for surfing. Yeah, so that was right before. Like I was still submitting to both magazines, and then right after that, surfing pulled me down there and brought me into a meeting and started paying me and supplying me with all my film and processing and all that stuff. So I actually did most of my trips for surfing that thing, but the first cover I got was for surfer. That's incredible, man. So so you were like kind of like a house photographer for surfing then? Yeah. Okay. And then when yeah, you I got know, to work with Flame, Flame, Flame would never uh, hold back on you either. He'd be like, what, your stuff's like a, a stop and a half off. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a perfectionist, that's for sure. Wow, yeah, how'd you get classic. to the moon there, dude? Look look at how I like that, huh? Look how tech savvy Larson is with his uh with his earth background. Uh, yeah. I like that. So, so were you um were you shooting from the land at all with telephoto or just strictly water? No, so that was kinda when all these trips I was talking about started happening. Um I bought Les Walker's do you remember Les Walker, Jay? Yeah. You guys remember Les Walker? Yeah. Yes, so I bought his 600 millimeter off of them, and then then I was like set. It was like I had a, a lamb set up, and I had the water set up, and I had the I ended up getting the flash set up right then too. So I had flash covered. And between the three, the the trips kept rolling in from like just me shooting photos out here in front of my house at 26th Avenue and Winnipeg to like traveling the world in like less than a year you know what i mean and it was like i was turning down trips because there was too many coming <laughs> and That's it was crazy. just that fast that fast of a transition you know what i mean it was like it was uh it was hard to comprehend really yeah because you got you got pretty lucky by locking into o'neill right and then yeah quickly i mean how long was it that you were uh you know, becoming a professional photographer to getting your first cover? Not, um, not that long. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how long it was, but 
but it wasn't very long. Yeah. And you and you were just strictly like freelancing, working for the mags, working for the brands, like just picking and choosing, like you know who you're going on trips with. Yeah, I remember a few different times. Like I, I, I flew home from Cabo. I, I went to Cabo with Bruce Irons and Ozzy Wright and Randy Bonds. And I flew home, and the next day flew back to Cabo with another reef trip with all the reef guys. It was like that's how it was. Like I remember, I, I was just freshly like together with my girl too, and she's like, "Holy, like, am I ever gonna see you anymore?" Like I was on <laughs> constantly. Well, you know what? I wanted to go back to that story. So your friend moved to your friend moved to Senegal. Oh no, he was from Senegal, from West Senegal. Africa, but he moved to Reunion Island. Yeah, that that's actually a big part of my life right there because not only uh, I brought a water housing and a um, now now was that after the cover or before? It was before the cover. Okay. It was before the cover. Um, but I, that's where I shot that photo that ended up being my first poster. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, but I was swimming out at, in Reunion all the time with my water housing. Like, you know, and like nowadays, there's no way in the world you would be doing that. You know what I mean? So was yeah. it Sharky back then too or no? It was Sharky, but like I think there was like one attack. That, yeah, there was one or two attacks and there was one guy that we surfed with that was missing an arm that had like he had like a paddle hooked into the end of his arm that he and he kneeboarded. So I knew about it. I knew there were sharks out there, but I was that psyched to to shoot too. Yeah, and who? Yeah, I, w- I went there a couple of times, and we were we were told it was sharky. We saw sharks, but it wasn't you know where you would not surf. You know, like you just had to keep an eye out and. You know, exactly. Ways, That's ways were so good. You kind of like, huh? Well, it's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was insane. I live. I moved to San Lou, and I lived right in front in that little apartment building, right in front of the paddle out spot. And so I would go crack it every morning. I had like sick boards, and I'd surf San Lou by myself in the morning because no one would paddle out till like eight o'clock. They were too scared. And Why were they like, scared? Because definitely the best foods of my life for sure. Why were they scared? Because of the sharks? Yeah, because just, you know, feeding time. The morning's feeding time there. Oh, okay. Yeah, Crazy. dusk and dawn, man. You got to definitely, yeah. So, wait. What did you do for work when you when you were over there? Were you shooting photos? So I, was, I was shooting photos from the water and selling them to the French surfers. Oh. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, I wasn't killing it by any means, but, like, selling them for, like, 30 bucks or whatever for a photo. And just getting enough money to eat. And then I plugged in my motor drive one time and I forgot to put the adapter in. And <laughs> it burnt my motor drive out. And oh. so that was that was the end of my days in reunion because then I couldn't shoot anymore. And it was like I was already scratching by, so I had to fly home. How long were you was out there for? Was this print print um, film still, 35 millimeter? No, this is slides already. Yeah. How long yeah. were you there for, Nelly? I was there for seven months. Um, it was a crazy seven months, too. Like, the, the waves pumped the whole time. I got bit by a spider and had to have surgery while I was there. What? Yeah. What kind? Like a brown recluse or something like crazy? I don't know. We lived... Our very first house when I moved there, we were up in the mountains, and there were spiders everywhere. 
And so I'm not sure what, what kind of spider it was, but it got really infected. And by the time I went to the hospital, they were like, ooh, we're going to have to like get on you right now. And they put me under. And I woke up, you know, in the hospital bed, and they were like, it was nuts. Wow. Where, where did they operate on you? On uh, my butt. It bit me in the butt. So I had this huge, it was like super swollen and, and crazy, infected. And then uh, the funniest thing was that the, the guy came in, and he told me it was going to be like 2000 bucks, And I was like, I don't have any money. And he's like, uh, we'll just get you out the back door. And he like, they opened the back door for me and shuffled me out the back door. And folks, it was awesome. Wow, <laughs> they're just like, oh, screw it, you're out of here. Yeah, that's incredible. How did you get home? They told me not to surf. They told me not to surf for at least two weeks. And I woke up the next day, and it was like perfect six foot San Lu, like the perfect direction. San Lu's all really directional, so like. When it's the perfect direction, it's just caving barrels from top to bottom, you know what I mean? And there was no way I was not paddling out, so I put duct tape. I grabbed a, like, a uh, baby diaper piece of plastic <laughs> and put it on and duct taped it around. <laughs> we're pretty stupid, aren't we? Yeah. When the waves are pumping, we get extra dumb. Yeah, you, you definitely like you, you shield out everything when it when it's going off. You're oh like, yeah, it's gosh. fine. I'll deal with it later. Yeah, that was like there was no way I was missing that day. You ever end up on the fire coral on that like one foot inside reef? Yeah, I, I hit the my my roommate actually hit the fire coral real bad, and I had to like help him to the bathroom every night because he couldn't even walk. Uh. But I hit, I, I got some gnarly urchins and, and hit the coral pretty bad, but I never got the fire coral. Brutal. So, what did you do for money after that? Like, how'd you... Um... I just flew home. I mean, basically, like, the last month I was there, I had nothing, and I had no money to eat or anything. <laughs> so, I was like, it, it was the weirdest feeling, you know what I mean? Because, like... I was eating one meal a day and like grabbing avocados out of the trees and just trying to survive until my plane ticket out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember when I got home, I had, I had lost so much weight because all I was doing was surfing and not eating. You know what I mean? Well, it was probably the best seven months of your life, huh? It was. It was incredible. <laughs> incredible. What a bummer that place is so shark ridden right now, man. That was such a good place to go. So then, then what happened next? You guys there? Yeah. yeah. Dang. So what happened next after that, Nelly? You, you, you flew back to Santa Cruz? I lost you. I'm uh, coming back. Oh, we're back. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. So you, you, you uh, moved back to Santa Cruz? Yeah, I moved back to Santa Cruz, and then that was... Uh, yeah, just tried to figure out what I was going to do then, you know, because yeah. my thing was, my, my motor drive was, was toast, you know what I mean? So I had to start fresh. I think I started working for Bob Pearson around that time and, and uh, managing his surf shop, Aerosurf oh, Ford shop, and I got a new camera body and started shooting, and I was selling photos out of the shop, like prints, and then that was about the time when TR... Uh, sold me that that water housing. Nice. 
So you still you still keep in touch with TR? Even oh, though yeah. he's down, down in Costa? No, he got stuck in Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, the COVID. Yeah, he flew out there with his daughter. I think it was the first time he brought his daughter. And right after he got there, COVID hit and, and Costa Rica closed its borders and so did Nicaragua. So he got stuck out there. So he, he's still there. So gnarly. Yeah. Four months or five months he's been in Dominican Republic. Nice. Yeah, we talk all the time. He still surfs and skates. He's a frother. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I went down and um, we did a father-son surf trip with a bunch of guys in February before the, the COVID lockdown and, and got to hang out with him for like three or four days. He shot our, our father-son trip. It was epic. Rad. Yeah. Just listening to salsa music and... Hot sauce and He's salsa so music. classic, huh? Yeah. So He's the so, eternal Grom. That's what I call him, the eternal Grom. So um, you you uh, you were working with Bob Pearson, and then and then what happened after that? Like, that's when all that stuff happened. So, in actuality, the the TR housing was actually my second housing. So I had a housing, and that camera is the one that I burned out in reunion. And so then I didn't shoot for a while and then I ended up buying T I ended up working at Arrow and buying PR's housing and then that was the beginning of that next phase. Okay. Where I started shooting like uh, all the guys around here. Nice. And and again back to that like Santa Cruz like you got that you guys were blowing up at one point in time. Like a lot of uh a lot of covers, a lot of videos. TR was putting out a lot of videos back then, in the in the mid to early nineties. Uh, the O'Neill, uh, what was that called? Ozone. Yeah, the Ozone. That Ozone. whole series that TR did. Yeah, yeah. Mental surfing and yeah, he had a lot of different. He had a lot of different things going on. You know, he was also shooting for Santa Cruz skateboards and doing their whole thing. Nice. Um, speed wheels he did the speed wheels video with like soy and Nottis and all those guys yeah you're you're pretty uh pretty good skateboarder did you, you you guys have some skaters that you guys shot too and hung out with those that crew too i i just mainly skated i mean i did i did shoot some skateboarding um you know i've had a few photos published in thrasher or whatever but for the most part i was just more the the skater in yeah. those times so, um, when did you start work, uh, like, with O'Neill, right? Was it yeah. just basically, like, piecework where, where you just, if you had a good shot, you'd submit it to O'Neill, and then they pay you for what they used? Oh, there's been so many different eras. At first, it was, it was just submitting photos for their ads, you know? They had a huge team here. Yeah. You know, everyone from Julian Seacon to Adam Repogel and on and on and on everyone rode for o'neill um at one point yeah and then they put me on retainer and i i shot for them for years not only for the wetsuits but also for the clothing so yeah. it's two different entities and i'd go over to hawaii and shoot their whole team in hawaii and stay at the o'neill house and that was a that was a good era i still i still do some piece work for them nice we uh did you we can't yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, like, what other what other brands did you um you know work with? Like Vans, I heard, and Reef, yeah. and Fox, and when uh when O'Neill 
so they basically things kind of petered out with O'Neill, and I started working for Vans, and um, that was a good era too. That lasted for like ten or twelve years. I shot with, you know, the whole beginning of John John, the from the time he was like seven years old until about eighteen years old. I traveled with John John and the Gadaskis brothers, and a lot of Nathan Fletcher trips. Wow. Um, Joel Tudor, just that whole crew. And, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of done work with all of them. I've done some yeah. trips for Rip Curl to Papua New Guinea. Um, a bunch of Fox. I, I worked for Fox for years. Uh, so, I, all, all those, you know, going back to, like, all your travels, I mean, I know you, you shoot out in the water specifically, but what happens when, like, all the boys want to go charge Mavs or some of these other big wave spots up in your area? Are you shooting from a boat, waves, you know, like a, jet you know, ski. Jet ski? Almost always, yeah. And uh, I try to be on the, the best swells, you know what I mean? But, like, I usually just talk to Peter Mel. Peter Mel's, like, my big wave guru. So I'll call him when I see something big on the horizon, and he'll tell me, "Ah, nah, this one's not the one. It's gonna be windy, or it's gonna be, it's too west, or whatever." And then sometimes he'll call me and just be like, "Dude, this is the one." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that one where I got that. I don't know if you remember that one when all the Bowie boys came over, Ty Lenny and and Billy Kemper and that whole crew came over. That that's well, Peter Mel called me and he's like, "This is the one," <laughs> and it was gnarly. That wave, Mavs, is gnarly. That day was gnarly because it was nuking offshore winds and, yeah. and uh, semi-inconsistent. So, like, when the sets came, they were really, really blue and really big. And uh, the offshore winds just made it go square. It looked like big rock, only, like, 30-foot big rock. You know what I mean? That's just crazy. Boils and it was so square. It was crazy. So you got a driver on the on the ski, and you're in the back, or are you doing both? Uh, I've done both, but most of the time I have a driver just because it's really sketchy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can't boat, take your eye off the ball. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but like the boats kind of pin you in sometimes. You know, there'll be like a line of boats going out, and you're inside of them, and and if they're too if they're too close to the peak, then you get pinned in. You know what I mean? And there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I'd way rather have a driver that can just mock out of there. So, so even though even though you're out in the you know the, somewhat of the channel and, and somewhat of a safe zone, I mean you still go through like a kind of like a um, you know you know what if situation. You know the boys say, hey, this is you know this you train at all for like stuff. Like how does that work? You know I don't, and I should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the one. The one scary day that I had ever was John John's first day out there, and I took Alex Gray's ski out there, and it was John John and his little brother Nathan, and um, and Alex, and then me and Reagan. You know Reagan, the filmer. Yep. So he's a big boy, right? He's, so all five of us mocked out there on his ski on Alex Gray's ski. And we got out there, and those guys, like, John John paddled out, Alex paddled out, and Nathan just sat on the shoulder. He was only, like, 14 at the time. And all of a sudden, I realized that 
I was the only ski out there. And I was like, oh boy. Because the day before had been huge. And it was the contest. And so nobody had got out there that yet this day. And that was the day uh, Shane Dorian scorpioned on that like 60 footer and went over the falls. And I look over to my right and Mark Healy and Nathan Fletcher and all those guys were like, go get him, Nelly, go get him, go get him. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, jump off. And so I told Reagan to jump off the ski and I started mocking in there, but I have no training in people, you know what I mean? Wow. And I got in there and Dorian was... Dorian's board was tombstone and he was right next to the rocks I look back and there's like a 60 foot whitewash coming at me I mocked it over that whitewash and then followed it in again and I didn't even see where he went you know what I mean I was panicking and it was like the worst position you could ever be in being that I didn't have the jet ski training that I needed you know what I mean oh my gosh well just that in, in that intense situation like you know, having to save your, your own ass, but yeah, you know somebody's freaking need your help, and then you got to go bypass a wave and circle back. It's, it's got to be traumatic. It was traumatic, and I was, you know, after seeing his board tombstoning, I was I, I knew that he he had been under for a long, long time. And now, was so that was, before inflatable? Was, was that before inflatable vests too? Yeah, it was. I think that was the beginning of of. Uh, why they were invented actually okay. that and the Greg Long thing tell us about banks. tell us about the Greg Long thing What, what I'm, I'm unfamiliar so a bunch of guys went out to the Cortez Banks and uh, they were filming for I don't know what a bunch of stuff and I guess just I, I wasn't out there that day but um I guess just a huge set came in and mowed Greg Long and nobody knew where he went and all of a sudden they saw him just laying there in the water you know he, he had been underwater for a long time and it was super super sketchy wow that's crazy <laughs> basically they brought him back to life I think you know what what's your take on those inflatable vests are you for them or for sure I'm sure you guys both know Greg. He's like, can you imagine losing him? And oh, that, no. guy's, that guy's like the biggest. He's one of my favorite people, you know? Yeah. 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 Any, anything to keep those guy, guys safe, man. I mean, you know, of course, there's there's people out there that think that's going to be their lifeline. But, you know, the guys that out there that should be out there are the ones preparing for the worst anyways without a vest. But I, I think it's. You know, it's where we're at today, and the way these guys are charging it. I'm so stoked those things are around for yeah, sure. Me too. me too, and it's it's already saved numerous people. You know what I mean? I mean, I would assume if I was a photographer, even in the channel, I'd have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure, Nelly, you're you're really good friends with Timmy Reyes, right? Yeah, he's like my best friend, pretty much. And and you've taken a lot of photos. Got him. A, got a lot of coverage with him, right? Oh yeah, so much over the years. It's crazy. We've traveled all over, everywhere you can think of, South Africa and everywhere. Tell us. We just have a lot in common, you know what I mean? And and uh, he's part of my family, basically. That was that room I was just in. That's Timmy's room. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So. Um, uh, he, he, I have a room at his house too. So it's just, he, he told us about uh, we interviewed him, you know, a while back. But he told us about that uh, Ghost Trees Day, um, where he pretty much like 
I don't know, took took a, a lip on the head, like squarely, no vest, anything, too. Yeah, so that day was also really scary. Like, we saw that. <laughs> we were on the inside on, on our ski, and we saw him take off on that wave, and we're like, oh, my God, that thing, like, that thing, he shouldn't he shouldn't have gone on that one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, he got up really high on it, and the thing was already pitching, and he tried to jump over the lip, and it caught him square in the chest and took him... 35 feet down into the flats oh my god and uh, you know like i was just i was scared for his life you know what i mean and then me i think i was on the ski with matt myers and we were just like where did he go and we went in there and there's you know it's all rocks in there that place is so sketchy it's the sketchiest place and he popped up laughing you know what i mean freaking psycho he is psycho he's he's a nutcase but yeah, and then after we, you know, after we, like, paused, and I, I asked him, well, what happened after that? He goes, well, I, I went out for another one. <laughs> exactly. That's what I love about him, because he's just that, he's, you know, he knows what he likes in life, and he goes after it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, I have so much respect for that, because he, you know, no, he doesn't care about money. He cares about his passion, which is chasing it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, so I mean, have you surfed big waves yourself, or are you just a spectator, or what's your limit? Like, what do you, what do you? My limit, it? my limit, my the biggest wave I ever surfed was probably like proper twelve foot Pasquales. You know what I mean? Like twenty five foot face, and I was scared for my life, and that was that was my limit, and I couldn't wait to get in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. uh you know, these days it'd be more like eight foot would probably be about my max. You know what I mean? Well, I, I did, I'm just curious because, you know, I know you go and spend, you know, a lot of time in Hawaii every winter and have for, for many, many years. And, yeah. you know, swimming out, whether at pipe, back door, off the wall or some of these other spots, you know, I figure you got to be somewhat of a strong, confident swimmer, you know, to be to put yourself in that, you know, in that zone to get the yeah. shot. I think that gave me a little bit of an advantage because I wasn't scared. I am scared now, but when I was 30, I wasn't scared to swim out of pipe, you know, because I had taken those beatings already. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I had lost my board in huge squalies and been sucked in the rip down the beach, like, for 20 minutes without being able to get in and shit like that. I had already been through it before, before I was shooting, so... What a, what a wake up call getting stuck in one of the, those rips, huh? And just be like, it's me against the ocean. Time to, time to so take a, a breather. <laughs> so gnarly. Uh, I remember one time swimming in from pipe, and I had been shooting flash with like Roy Powers and Corey Lopez or someone. And there's all the boys were at the O'Neill house on the deck, right? And I was trying to get in, and, and it wouldn't let me in. It sucked me straight back out there, and then. By this time, it was like pitch black, and I looked in at the deck, and everyone was gone. <laughs> and I was like, no, and I like tried to swim in, it sucked me back out there again. And then the third time was a charm, and I made it in. I like body surfed one all the way, and then like just, I was panicking. Yeah. But like those times, those are over for me, you know what I mean? That like 10 to 12 foot pipe at dark, fuck that. <laughs> You, you've already got the shot, buddy. You already got the shot. Nothing to prove. Yeah. So you've we kind of jump around all over the place, but um, 
you've been all over the world, right? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, been, I mean, lots of trips to Tahiti, lot to, a lot of Fiji, a lot of Indo, Mentois and all that, Papua New Guinea, Australia, South Africa. Nice. My favorite, my, some of my favorite trips were actually to Africa. That place is amazing. Yeah. They, they got just unbelievable, like, I guess you would call it background, you know, with uh, the kind of, like, land shot with, you know, because when you're shooting in the water, most of the time you're, you're not just getting the barrel. A lot of time you're getting the land, half land, you know, it depends yeah. on, the, on the water shot. But I got a lot of good shots uh, from that, that spot, Cave Rock. You know, just south of Durban and all over. I shot with uh, Chris Van Linnup, who's a local there. And, yeah, so many good waves. Uh-oh, did we lose him? We might have. Let's see if he pops back up. There's where all the kids would rather be a wannabe gangster than a, than a surfer. And and then that ended. And then now all the kids are psyched. And they're all, like, pushing each other again. And we have a new upstart. Well, it's probably, it probably has a lot to do with that second-generation surfer family versus just kids from the outside trying to, you know, get in and, and you know, fit in, you know? There's, like, sure. like you said, John Mel is, you know, obviously Pete's son and probably has good guidance and good knowledge and, um, you know, some, some good, uh, you know, networking there. Yeah, now that I think about it, you're exactly right. You know, like Frog, I'm sure you know Frog, his kid, Adam Bartlett. Yep. The red hot, he's ripping, and then this other kid, James Daniels, he's uh, Matt Daniels' kid. So uh, definitely, the kids are being pushed by by good parenting. Yeah, Lyndon, you back? Yeah, I can hear you guys. I, I started recording there. Got the. Yeah, we're just talking your... about the new talent pool coming out of Santa Cruz, and and what's you know, how's the the new generation of young blood? Have you seen that Noah Wigert? Have you seen him surf? No way. Just a, just a couple of clips. Man, that guy is gnarly. He's he's. He he's rides for Caton, right? Rides for Caton. No, he rode for Caton for a minute, okay. and then uh, he rides for O'Neill now. Oh, sick. So, I'm not sure what happened. Like that whole thing. Like Vans came in and tried to get him off of Caton and then Caton got super pissed and so they dropped him and then they like threatened to sue Vans and so then Vans didn't want him anymore and all of a sudden he had no sponsor and he was just like what happened oh wow yeah there's a there's a, a young crop of uh, new up and comers huh yeah we've got quite a quite a big talent pool coming up um, it's a really weird time in surfing because nobody can get sponsors you know what I mean we got Guys like Nat Young and Sam Coffey and Ben Coffey, these kids are really, really, really good surfers, and they can't even—they don't even have sponsors. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. When these you know non-endemic like companies like a Nike come in, they throw so much money, and then as soon as they they, they feel like you know the culture or the sports is taking a downturn, they pull out and leave everybody hanging. That's exactly what happened. There's there's no there's that. yeah there's there's no you know like support you know within you know the surf community for for longevity it's like you know in and out too quick and i think we're we're a sport or a culture of you know needing to take care of the people that you know obviously paved the way before you know the current and then yeah. you know the new new generation 
yeah, like you said, there's no longevity in that. And they tried to buy everyone off, and and then they just bail when it's not when when it's not working for them, and they're not they're not making billions. They're like over it, and they just bail, and they left everyone hanging, and it was definitely we saw it coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we just we you know we talked to you know Bob McKnight and and, and a couple of these you know kind of iconic, you know, industry veterans and the way, you know, they dominated for so long as they reinvested back into the youth and kept on those 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 people and, and roles throughout. Like, hey, you're done surfing professionally. Why don't you come work for us and we'll find a spot for you and we'll, we'll kind of find your niche. And then they'd, you know, invest in, you know, having a kid in each town and doing these little regional events and having the local shop kit, you know. Yeah. So it was kind of a layered of... You know, making sure you had support at the shop level, support at the local, like, city or, or, like, state level, and then they had their premier, like, athletes. Now it's, like, one premier athlete, that takes a whole budget of everybody, and there's nothing else. Yeah, yeah same thing that happened in basketball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was, like, I remember when, when Nike, uh, when they found Michael Jordan, they fired everyone on their whole team. And they just gave it all to Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Well, he deserved it, but not, you know, so did those other guys. <laughs> he does deserve it, but you know, I mean, it, it's yeah, leaves a lot of people hanging. You know, for sure. Yeah. Well, so you know, now that uh, there's no magazines, what uh, what was your were you tripping when when magazines started to fall away? Majorly, majorly tripping. Um, so when Transworld went out of business, I started doing a bunch of work for surfing again. And, you know, I talked to Pete Terrace and all those guys, and they were like, yeah, we're going to be around. Like, they, our, our corporation loves us or whatever. Our publisher loves us, you know what I mean? And I swear it wasn't a year later that he called me and said, surfing's done. And I was like, what? Are you serious? Like... Now what? Now there's one magazine, Surfer, and Surfer's Journal, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, I diversified in my photography about seven or eight years ago and started shooting more of everything instead of just action. Yeah. Because that, that's what I was known for is I was, I was a good action photographer, you know what I mean? But um, I wish I would have diversified earlier and started shooting more empties and lineups and... and aerial photography and underwater and all that stuff because that's the stuff that is you know timeless yeah yeah float you know Time, it's a timeless image and, and you could print to a canvas and people you know can hang it up like art and that's where yeah. the big big money is for sure that's the big part of my business right now it's like that's you know, awesome get, get a good lightning shot or a good lineup and yeah and you and know. you have your own uh business is it it's dave nelson photography.com Liquid imagery. Um, yep. So all three of them, I have a my, my print website is nellyprint.com. And so that's that nice. basically has my hand-picked favorite images on it, and then people can go on there and order prints off of there. Nice, nice. And now, are you affiliated with Merge Socks? Yeah, Merge 4 Socks. I'm an ambassador. I, I, they have like 20, 22 of my socks in the line. Sick. They use the photos, you know, like just just stuff like we're talking about dolphins and seals and 
Yeah. Like that, you know, empty waves. Six. Beautiful shots. Yeah, they're cool, though. I love merch. They have, you know, Christian Asoy's on the program and Sublime. We got all kinds of guys coming into, into merch for. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So we, we kind of skipped over this because, I mean, you shot, you know, way back when when there was film and slides and everything, and then, you know, we made this digi- digital transition, I don't know, probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, yeah. You know, here you are telling us, you know, a roll of, you know, slide films, $10, and then to go get it processed is $10, and, you know, you're shooting rolls upon rolls. I mean, that's a pretty expensive you know, overhead just to just to hopefully a, a photo turns out. You know, because you could yeah. have had the wrong setting. You didn't be you weren't able to check it until days, if not weeks later, after it got developed. Um, now, you know, you got you know the digital camera, which obviously the quality is. I don't know. I mean, there's two sides of it. You know, there's there's amazing you know slide quality if you have the right lighting and angle, and then the digital, but. How is it that how is that transfer in just equipment and or like processing? The transition was crazy. First of all, the magazine let me shoot film. I was the last guy on the staff. They just let they 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 loved my flash photography and the way it looked on film, and so they didn't make me switch over, which was good because I didn't know anything about computers or any of that stuff, and. Uh, one day, Pete Terrace called me and he said, "Nelly, I'm sorry to do this to you, but it's time." Digital. <laughs> the, the film budget's cut I was permanently. So, I was so horrified because <laughs> I didn't know anything, and so he flew up here from San Clemente, bought me a computer. They bought me a camera body, and he gave me a 12-hour tutorial on how to a load a digital card reformat your card and ingest your photos into your computer and that was it it was like a 12-hour crash course on digital photography and then he left and i was like oh my god i like how do i reformat it again like i, I knew nothing basically yeah. but and it's so, so simple once you learn it though right huh it's so simple once you learn it though right it's so simple but i had I was so set in my ways, yeah. you know what I mean? And it was just, and uh, to a for sure. Yeah. Like, I was set in my ways, and that was that was going to be it for me. And, you know, and then it was, a, it was a gnarly one because I hadn't learned that, like, it wasn't the best photographer or the best photo anymore. It was who's best at the computer. Wow. <laughs> the fastest. Who's the fastest one, you know what I mean? And when the day that I learned that, was I went out and shot off the wall with Archie and we came in and we like kicked it on the beach for a little bit and we walked back to his house and made a cup of coffee and he looked at his emails and there was 24 different photographers photos had come through on his email and they had CC'd Ruka and CC'd Santa Cruz surfboards and all of his sponsors were CC'd on these emails and I was like I hadn't even taken my camera out of the housing yet. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like that was the that was the day that everything changed for me and it was like, wow, like these kids are on it and I'm I'm blowing it. Wow. That's 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 cutthroat right there, huh? It was like feast or family. There was twenty four poachers on I was with Archie, you know what I mean? And and before that, like when I started shooting photos, poachers were like 
way frowned upon. Like, if you went down there, like, if, if Hank went down there with Archie, I would never even think of shooting Archie because that was Hank's guy. Yeah. You know? And and that era ended with digital. You know, now it was free-for-all. Wow. That's, that's an interesting thing to hear that probably, no, I mean, I didn't know that. No. You know, like, people... Because I, I get it, you know, you set up a, a photo shoot with a guy, you expect to have exclusivity on it, you know what I mean? Like, sure, you, yeah, you know, if you're going to take a photo of him or whatever, but then to, to walk back into, like you said, that scenario of like seeing all the emails pop up and everyone's taking credit for what you set up, you know? It's kind of, you know, it's, it was one of those things, there was a lot of etiquette back back in the day and I, I don't know about everyone else but I had a ton of respect for TR and Bob Barber and all these guys I would have never even thought of poaching their crew you know what I mean because yeah. they did all the work they did all the phone calls they made they organized the crew and where they were going to shoot and that was their deal you know and it was just that 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 was over that's crazy and then, and like you know, Hawaii's obviously a little a little different when you're at like off the wall and backdoor and pipe. But you know, if if it's early and you're just with a couple of guys, yeah, you don't want to come in and, and just drop in on somebody yeah. on the back. Yeah, like it's just come on, it's per, you know, it's that, like you said, it's etiquette, but it happens a lot. You it know, does. I mean, nowadays it's just crazy. I remember one trip I was doing for Fox. I was down in, in Mexico, Squally's, and Eric Geiselman did a huge rodeo flip, and I nailed it, luckily, and that night, he got a text from Evan Geiselman, from his brother, and he said, oh, your flip is up on Surfline. Oh. <laughs> what? We went down, we went into Tecumon and, and looked at the internet, and sure enough, there it was, like, some guy had posted it and sent it to Surfline, like, digitally, and it was up that, that day, <laughs> you know? Fast. What, I mean, what about just your, your your like local spot? Like you said, you had respect for for the guys that paved the way in your your community, but you wouldn't go, you know, set up with a group of guys and then go, you know, pull up with another group of guys at the same spot. You would go, okay, hey, that this, these guys are here. We'll go somewhere else. Do you guys communicate like at all with like other photographers? No, no it's not like that anymore. That etiquette's gone. You know. Yeah. The guys will set up, the guys come down and, and they'll just start shooting, you know, they'll set up their tripod and start shooting and it's just like whatever at this point. I mean, for me, I don't really care anymore because I know that where I'm sending those photos and, and so it doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I, I can't imagine like being a Grom and starting to shoot photos right now and trying to make money off the surf industry and be... You'd have, you'd have to be shooting for Ruka. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, even me, like, I don't even send stuff to Ruka anymore because Zach Noyle crushes it so hard that they probably don't need my images. You know what I mean? And I already know that. And it's, he, I have respect for him and yep. so many good photos that they probably don't need my photos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah it's, I mean, it's a lot of self-marketing and then connecting because, I mean, as I surfed and, you know, I tried to work trips with photographers or, you know, sponsored trips or just a group of friends. But, you know, I had some, some great relationships with photographers that would be like, hey, I'm going to plan this trip. Like, can you make it? Or, you know, like, who else do you want to get? And they would, you know, you would kind of network 
you know, with the with the photographer, and and try to pitch it to the magazine, saying, hey, you know, you guys haven't covered this place, you know, in a while, or we're going to go here and, and pioneer this spot. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it was a, I mean, a lot of that's still going on, but you know, it's got to it's got to be more difficult today. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. You know, the guys who are crushing it are the guys who go off the beaten path, like Chris Burkhardt. You know what I mean? It's like, like I, the the stuff that he's done in the in the Arctic Circle is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And well, more power to him because he is crushing it. That's for yeah. sure. What's kind of cool too about, I mean, really everything is like there's different kind of takes and and um, point of views you know with in surfing right there's like your 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 jock surfer your longboarder your you know alternative board guy your mid-length guy and even with photography there's there's you know you like you said chris burkhardt he's kind of like that black and white like artsy like from a weird vantage point kind of um you know storyteller right yeah um but and then you have your own style right so it's kind of like when you when you kind of realize oh that's that guy's photo or that guy's style photo or that guy's style you know what i mean like you, sure. you have to develop your own little style to where yeah. you get noticed. yeah you gotta have a niche yeah you gotta have a niche so have, you were saying that you're um coming out with a a photo book Yep. Right. Have you ever yeah. done one before? And um, if not, why? Why? Why not? This, this is my first book. Um, I actually talked to Chris Picard a lot about it. He helped me out a bunch. And um, we're we're about three quarters of the way done with it right now. I'm awesome. Working on it with a with an ex pro skater. His name's Keith Meek. Um, he's he's doing all the design and layout for me, and and it's getting really exciting now because. You know, we'll go through it on the computer, and or or even in just the the dummy, the book dummy, and yeah. it looks it looks amazing. You know, and uh, you have a title for it. Uh, Dual perspective is the name of the book. Yeah, nice. And um, I think there's going to be three. It's a series of three books, but this is just the, I'm just trying to get the first one done. Yeah. Um, and why do you choose dual perspective? Because it's going to have two stories behind every photo. So it's going to have my story and then the surfer's perspective. Sweet. That sounds awesome. Dude. It's going to be cool because a lot of the photos, you know, like say I flew to Tahiti and I have this photo of Garrett McNamara. Well, we didn't fly over there together, right? So his story of that day is going to be a lot different than mine. Yeah. Because you know? we weren't even together or whatever and on and on. So it's now it's getting exciting. Like for the first half, I was just so overwhelmed and... You know, I mean, if I showed you the pile of slides that I edited through during the COVID months, yeah, it was out of control. It took me like, you know, five, six, seven hours a day for for three months. So, just, you know, so COVID kind of uh, sat you down and, and helped you focus on this book. For sure, it did. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of uh, of COVID, you know, and and. You focusing on your book is a silver lining to COVID, right? Yeah. And um, isn't it? Doesn't it blow you away that the other silver lining is, it's good and bad depending on what you how you look at it. You know, the dual perspective of 
of the silver lining of like how crowded the water is. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it means that surfing has has had a resurgence because of COVID. Like there's so many more freaking surfers, right? So many more wave storms out there, but potentially we have a, a bigger audience, right? Like yep. and 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 it's a perfect timing for you to come out with your book to 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 sell to the the new audience, the the, the more of these you know, the masses. Yeah. Are. And hopefully cross our fingers, you know, that these uh, new adult learners and new beginners are are long term consumers, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to my friend who, uh, I don't know what his exact title is, but he's like the VP of Buell Wetsuits. He said they, they just can't make wetsuits fast enough. There's there's not even a way yeah. to do it. It's insane. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. I know Nate Yeomans, is the, he works for him down south, and he yeah. said he's just got orders like like piled up that they just can't make them fast enough. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. There's yeah. so many surfers. Yeah, yeah we're, we're hearing that across a lot of our friends that, that do wetsuits. But, I mean, we, we, we spoke with Ryan. You know, perfect team, perfect, you know, time, you know, great, you know, design. It's just, yeah, they're in a perfect storm, too, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome to see. You do, you, do you do a lot of photos for Buell or, or not? Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of photos for Buell over the years, for sure. Like, yeah. You know, in, you um, could you could blame Ryan Buell for 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 the for the rap game up in Santa Cruz, can't you? <laughs> it's his he's fault. A character, dude. I don't know if you know him, but he's a character. Well, you but, know we uh, had him on the show, right? Yeah, he he. Uh, we had Buell on a couple of uh, episodes ago, and he did, did a he rap have... with us. Yeah, dude. Did he? Oh, I think I did see that. He opened up with a rap, a two-minute like freaking. <laughs> Yeah, he dropped he the mic right off the bat, dude. Man, that's awesome. He's such a character. So, so dual perspective is going to be a three-part series, huh? So, yeah, I think um, the reason that it is is because a there's only 183 photos going in the first book, right? So that's a lot, though, right? 183, and I'm sure you have way more of a, a bigger library than that. Well, I've shot like. Close to two million photos, probably. I edited it down to about two thousand, and after putting, you know, after doing the layout of the first book, there's so many people that I want to have in my book that aren't in there. Yeah. So the second book is going to be all Santa Cruz. As it should be. Santa Cruz book, and then the third book is going to be the Dual Perspective Volume Two. And so it's going to be, you know what I mean? It's like, throughout my 25 years of shooting photos, I've made so many friends like Jay, like Timmy. Uh, Ryan Turner, like, I mean, just the, the list goes on forever. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I want to stoke as many people out as I possibly can. And I want to use all my magic photos up. You know what I mean? It's like some of the stuff that I've had to cut out of this first book is is insane yeah i bet it's tough for sure i mean that's got to be the hardest part of it you know coming yeah. you know narrowing it down i'm kind of i'm really excited about that you know and and seeing that come to fruition did we lose you 
Yeah. Because, I mean, a photo does tell, you know, that, that, that cliche of a photo tells, a, you know, a thousand, thousand words, but it, it's true, you know, when you could get, you know, dive into each photo and kind of tell a story about it, the place, the day, the, the timing, the, you know, like, it's, it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's funny that, um, you know, it's a shame that mag- print magazines have, have gone away, but there still is a, a need and a want for something hard and substantial. Tangible. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like tangible. Like today, honestly, I, you know, I went to a bunch of shops making my stops and, uh, I went, I walked into Hobie and was talking to one of the guys, uh, that worked at the shop and, and, um. I don't know what what it was, but he, he was like, "Oh, I got to show you this picture out of this book," and we started looking through the the book. You know, was, I forget that it's a Japanese dude, Tatuchi. T- t- I forget it's a Japanese dude that had a, a a photo book, and I'm like, "Damn, man, these things are priceless." You know, like you want these for life. You know, you they totally are, yeah. especially you know to our generation. You yeah. know, um, yeah. The cell phone generation, maybe not as much as us, but like, I have them all over my house, photo books, you yeah. know what I mean? And some are skate, some are art, and but mainly they're surfing. Yeah. And, you know, from all my favorite photographers, and it's, I just study that, you know, and, and the, the best ones are the ones with the best stories, you know? Yeah. You read, you want to hear the story behind that photo, you For know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, first, the first days at Shipstern's Bluff, or... The first days of Jeff Clark surfing Mavericks by himself, like those stories, that those are real. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you're not going to find that on Instagram. I'm yeah. sorry. So no. So uh, you know, typical questions we ask the guys like, uh, have you uh, partaken in any? Have you shot photos at the wave pools at all? Oh yeah, yeah. I've done a bunch of stuff at um, at Kelly's pool. Nice. Um, yeah, that that place is magic. Have you guys surfed there? I have, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Late, late night has it. Kelly, you hear that? Jay needs a fifteen-second barrel. Hey, hey, Kelly, I need I need to get there before a hundredth episode, or I'm I'm quitting life. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I get lucky enough to do some jobs out there, and um, it's like shooting ducks in a in a barrel. Really, it's so easy. Yeah. Did you get you know, the right one though? Um, uh, definitely get in shape because you just you paddle back and forth on a on a longboard, and you know, the the right will come through and it barrels all the way across. And it's, the second it passes you, you just start paddling as fast as you can across the pool, and it takes the whole four minutes to get to the barrel on the other side, and then the wave turns around and it goes back across, and you shoot that one, and then you turn around and paddle and do that. Basically, do that the whole day. Nelly, have you gotten to ride one? What's that? Have you gotten to surf it yourself? Oh yeah, sick. Yeah, sick. Are you goofy or regular? Goofy. Nice. Me too. Yeah, you guys are. Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> have you have you uh, have you been with like uh, like who who are you going with to the pool? Are you going with like a, a private executive team that just wants to be documented, or are you going with pros or who are you? <laughs> I've done both. Um, yep. uh, the last time I was there was like a three-day shoot for uh, Kelly Sorensen shop on the beach. Oh, sick. 
So he organizes these crews, and then they pay for the photographer. And with, you know, with a big crew like that, it's only like a couple hundred bucks each, and they get all the photos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the time before that, I was with uh, Seth Moniz and and Seabass and... um, What's his name? Uh, Jadson, Jadson Andre. Nice. We did some stuff that day, and I shot some cool 360 camera stuff. Wow. And I uh, did some pass offs with with Sebastian with Seabass, and some of that stuff came out insane. Cool. But just you know, just different. Every time is different. The first time I got to surf there, we got the call at like six o'clock at night. Me and Rat Boy. And Kelly called Rat, and he's like, hey, grab Nelly. You guys can come down to the pool tomorrow. It's a science day. And so <laughs> they're, they're testing the different speeds of the wave. You know what I mean? And so we got there, and we were the only people there. Wow. And we got to surf. Me and Rat, and then Keith Malloy showed up, and some country music singer guy. And we had the pool to ourselves the whole day. It was, like, crazy. Dude, that's amazing. It was crazy. I blew so many waves that day that, like, I couldn't sleep that night. Because <laughs> I was just like, God, I, I was just getting greedy, you know what I mean? And, like, you just have to ride the wave and not, tr- you never stall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That place is, that place is a, a modern marvel for sure. It is. It's, it's funny because uh, you don't know how good it is until you surf it, really. Cause yeah. It's, it's not really that fun to watch, but when you surf it, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. We got to get uh, Buell Wetsuits, Chad Wells, to to invite us three. Nelly's, oh, yeah. Nelly's magic Chad, you moment. Hear that? Hear that? I saw Chad yesterday at the lane, <laughs> or the day before yesterday. Classic. Yeah. He's a good human. We yeah. like it. Oh, Wellsy's up there? Wellsy was here for a meeting or something. He's working for. He's working with Buell. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's the VP of marketing, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's epic. So, um, going going back to, I mean, you're doing this book, and you're obviously you're 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 narrowing down all these these images. Um, I mean, what would be your, you know, one that stands out the most would be your first cover shot. Like, what do you, how do you how do you rank your maybe top few photos? Like, where are they from, and do you have any? Um, so it's, that's the hard part that you just nailed it. Like, it's like, you know, I go through these hard drives full of photos. Well, first I did all the slides, right? And so my final pick was still two or 300 slides and and that was too many. So we had to go back through that and refine it again. And, you know, some of the stuff is, is, it has to be in there, you know what I mean? Stand up bar barrels of Archie at Puerto Escondido, you know what I mean? It's like, had to pick one. It was hard to pick because there, there's a certain a certain crew of people that I traveled so much with. Yeah. You know, the good, the good Angs would be one of them. John John, Archie. There's a bunch of them. Nate Yeomans I traveled a lot with. Like, I have so many photos of those, and the, they only get one photo, you know what I mean? I'm not going to give them, like, ten photos in the book. Yeah. There's only a hundred, so it's really hard to pick. It sounds to me like you got to do more books, bro. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the second that, the second that those are all sold, I'm doing five thousand copies. Then I'm gonna start working on the second one, you know. And then, 
luckily we've been earmarking all the all the photos for into fo into folders so that like when the first edition's done the photo the photos are going to be ready for the second edition already yeah yeah you're, you're almost lining up all that work for the, all the books but yet you're focused on the first one right now yeah yeah getting the template set and then plug and play for the rest of them right exactly yeah. what 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 if what was your like favorite place to shoot like was it like chopu was it was this pipe or back door is it like you know what i'd have to say oahu for sure because it's just it's less work for me but yeah. i don't really like the phone to tell you the truth and so when i'm home it's just non-stop phone calls phone calls organization like and pipe I just go down to the Volcom house or the O'Neill house or the Quick Silver house, and you know, you, you just sit there. It's like, oh, who's out? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just I, made, it's. I'd have to say Hawaii is my favorite, but. Um, What's your favorite uh, shot that you've taken of pipe, and who was it? Is there one that comes to mind? Oh, that's got to be so hard. It is hard, but there was one night in particular. I remember Braden Diaz and Tamayo Perry called me, and it was like 10.30 at night. It was full moon. Whoa. They were like, dude, get down here. It is insane. And so I went out. We swam out at pipe in the full moon and shot flash. And I got a crazy photo of Tamayo that night. But more than that photo, it was just the experience. Yeah. Just it was just, an, and Love Hoodell was out too, and and we just like, we're, dude, it was so beautiful out there, it was like, it wasn't like bombing pipe, you know what I mean, but it was yeah. probably like six feet, and, and really good, and sheet glass, and it was, I don't know, I'll just never forget that, you know what I mean? And you shot uh, water photos from Chopu too? Or? Yeah, I shot Chopes from the water, but not like when it's when it's like that like <laughs> not code red not code red style there was there was guys swimming right there you don't want to be part of the reef no like i remember reef mcintosh and i think daniel russo were swimming out there they got cleaned up on that set and Ooh. they were they were like in the coral heads <laughs> inside but they, they pulled it you know what i mean but i don't want anything to do with that yeah i have swam chokes pretty big but not that big Ugh, so, so that, crazy. Who is that in the in the in the photo up there? That's Coe Rothman. That's that's his wave right there. Coe wave. That was the Coe swell. They call it. Coe Rothman, huh? Yeah. So what's your? Isn't it crazy? Like people adapting to the you know like Coe and Jamie O'Brien and Ben Gravy, like they've adapted to to the here and now of of making a living off of surfing. Yeah, I mean, I think Jamie was pretty much the beginning of that, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. With his Red Bull series and JOB yeah. and all that, you know, I mean, he's, nowadays, he's 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 crushing it. He's <laughs> crushing it. Yeah, he's for, crushing it. Probably the biggest name outside of, you know, the top five guys, you know, and yeah. even maybe challenging them on content and, and, and followers and stuff, which is, which is great to give that kind of um, opportunity for guys that aren't in the contest mold, you know, like to be able to still make a living doing what you love. You yeah, know, you look that. at you look at Kalani Rob, another example who who resurgence and has like a full new like career and 
guys like Ben Gravy. I mean, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, and I love how Kalani heckles himself constantly on his feed. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's ha- he's having fun. Did he's you? having fun. It's well, so sick. What's what's a a trip is Kalani stopped doing his own vlog and only does vlogs with Beefs TV. Which he's really? a, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I, I, I subscribed to Kalani's uh, channel or whatever, YouTube channel, posted anything for like two or three years. It's just been through that other the other guy. the I think his name's Chris something. Yeah. So he's Beefs TV, right? He's the one that takes all the videos of Kalani and Tyler and, and um, the other guys, you know. Well, it's a, full, it's a full-time content. job to, you know, one, to, to get, the, get the content, but two, to, you know, Upload it and, and dazzle it up for YouTube, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure it's yeah. a team team effort. Oh yeah, I mean, you see, I don't know if you've been over to Job's house, but it's nuts. But like their setup and the, how many guys are working on his content, it's crazy. Yeah, cool team. Drone footage and this footage and that footage does, and GoPros everywhere. And how does that guy not get hurt, man? The shit, that, the shenanigans and. and hijinks those guys do he's freaking crazy man he's so fucking agile <laughs> yeah no we, he's we a really you. agile human being dude and uh he's a freak and everybody in santa cruz loves him too like yeah. kids here they just it's job everything you know what i mean do you, do you have you watched any of the uh cole rothman uh this this is this living yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah, they do a great job, man. I, I love the new medium of, you know, surf content. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Those guys are, you know, well, I mean, at the right time. Yeah. That, that, and I just feel like, you know, you, you know, surfing, and we talk about this, there's so many, like, demographics and subcultures within surf, and, you know, it's like, hey, you got the, the jock, the contest guys, and you got the big wave guys, and you got, you know, we used to have the air tour guys, which that's kind of coming back with the, you know, stab high and some of these other, you know, specialty events. But there's, there's a lot of, you, you know, you could carve out a little space is based on, you know, what, what you're good at. And obviously, you know, when your personality shines through, like you're having fun or, or, you know, this is, you know, what you do, it looks, you know, you, you could obviously call somebody's bullshit if they're not, you know, invested or having fun. Yeah. yeah. That makes it fun to watch, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you work with uh, Stab or Beach Group or Inertia or Surfer Magazine anymore? Or All of them occasionally, you know what I mean? Cool. Awesome. Um, the funny thing is, is me and that artist Tim Ward, I don't know if you saw any of that, um, the planetary punt that we did. Oh, yeah. So we did the you planetary punt, like- and it, it was like an air contest, a worldwide air contest. Yeah. And... Uh, and we went to stab with the idea, and they were pretty psyched on it. And then they called us back, and they're like, "Actually, we're doing our own thing. It's called Stab High." And we're like, "What?" And wow. So we, ended up, we ended up teaming with What Youth instead, and and doing the um, planetary punt and running it all through What Youth. Yeah. Through their channels, and and uh, didn't it was pretty get, cool because didn't the winner get a bunch of money, right? Yeah, yeah, 10 grand, no, 20, 20 grand to the winner of the Planetary Punt, or maybe it was 25, I don't remember, it was either 20 or Huge. 20 grand, and uh, this kid from the East Coast won it, and uh, Tim Ward sent the money to his brother, 
to his brother's bank account, and he, he got it all in 50s and 100s, and they made this big briefcase full of money, and they went to it that he works at. He works at a surf shop teaching surf lessons, and they surprised him with this huge briefcase of money. It was pretty sick. That's insane. Yeah. Did they video it? Videotape that? Oh, yeah. The whole thing's on Life at Sea, lifeatsea.com. Or okay, I'm going to pull Sea's that up. That's, that's who... Uh, did the the planetary punt sick yeah so it was kind of like i think that was the first air show contest for that kind of money until stab high came and then stab high kind of took over from there yeah well we won't say that they ripped you off but it sounds like they did it's all good because they took it to the next level and and then the other thing about the planetary punt is there was no wave pools allowed it was all in the ocean because the brand's called Life at Sea. Yeah. So they they wanted it to be, you know. Natural. Natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Stab High is the opposite. So more respect to them. Stab High's sick. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it too. They have the Nathan Fletcher bomb drop. Oh. And they have the, all that. Yeah. Stab, Stab has done so much cool shit lately with that 100-minute, uh, you know, that. What do they call yeah. it? I forget what they call it, but it's insane. Where, yeah. Where they judge four surfers. It's a contest, but the, it's all natural. I mean, it's all like they're surfing against other people. They're surfing against ourselves, but in in the ocean with other surfers. And the other surfers yeah. don't really know what's going on, but they're being filmed, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Stab High, which is pretty dope. And then... Um, what is it? The acid stab in the dark. That's killer. Yeah. And then uh, the the last thing, acids test hey, or whatever. Hey, Lyndon, this isn't about stab, dude. This okay. is about Nelly, dude. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Stab, stab sick. My favorite yeah. cover that I ever got was my, a stab cover. Of oh, CJ. CJ, this is about stab because his favorite cover. <laughs> It all, it all goes full circle here. Come on. What was it, Nelly? Who, who was on the cover of Stab? It was this huge day at P-Pass, and I just happened to get this lucky photo of Wade Goodall, and uh, they put it on the cover, and like it's, to this day, my favorite cover, because it's just nuts. Damn, that sounds insane. People, people look at it, they're like, dude, you're, was that Shipsterns? And they're like, no, that was P-Pass, but it was nuts. It was like the hugest day. So going back to your book, how are you going? Because I wanna, I wanna know about it, and I wanna know how it's, how, what, where are you gonna sell it? How are you gonna sell it? Well, we're building a website. It's gonna be dualperspective.com. Okay. Um, you know, I talked to, like I said, I talked to Chris Burkhardt for a long time about it, and he he told me self-publish is the way because that's the only way to to get your money back, basically. Yeah. Off, off of books. Um, so that's what we're doing. We're, we're publishing to a company out of LA and, um, you know, I was trying to get it out before Christmas, but it's not going to happen. There's no way. Yeah. So probably looking to launch, you know, February, March-ish. Nice. going to be the first copies are going to go out. Are you going to make it available to surf shops too? We might've lost them. No, am I not there? Yeah. Okay. I hear now. Okay. 
Are you gonna get a thousand hard co- hard copies and then uh, four thousand soft soft covers? Sick. Um, and I can't wait. It looks. Oh, uh, if it's anything like your Instagram and the, and the stuff you've been posting, it's going to be sick. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah, it's just really, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard for me to see the stuff that's getting chopped out. You yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. really, that's the hardest thing to me because it's like really meaningful photos. You know what I mean? Like crazy days at Lance's rights or macaroni's where it's just like there's there's just not enough room for it. You know what I mean? Are you going to try to do a book signing tour too? Uh, I'm definitely going to do some book signings. I'm not sure about how big the tour is going to be. Yeah. We'll see. You know what I mean? Well, um, you got to come to Surf City. More questions that I have to ask Berkey about. You're, you're going to have to come down to Surf City though and hang out with Late Now with oh, Chalky. Sure. That's that's my home away from home down there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I absolutely love your guys' zone. Yeah. We'll definitely have yeah. to do that. Well, I know, I know your, your, your bud, Timmy Reyes lives down here just around the corner from us. So next time you're in town, you know, come hit us up. I will for sure. Yeah. You, I want to get the shot. You, you know, still, I gotta live, you know, I got to live vicariously through, you know, you still, uh, imbibe alcohol. I love it. What's that? You still drink alcohol or, no, no, I've been sober for uh, over 20 years. Damn, really? Awesome, congrats. Good so for that you. was a big part of actually my success as a photographer was I went from that lifestyle into a super clean lifestyle of just like going after what I care about, which is surfing, skating, golf, photography. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... That was my new addiction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, quit me- making us feel bad because we're still, uh... <laughs> we're, still, good, still we're still we're still bags. That's why they make chocolate and vanilla. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, happy hour, Laura, right now. I gotta keep going. <laughs> I'm sure Timmy will we'll meet you over there for a margarita. Oh yeah. <laughs> did, did you did you know that we uh, you know we interviewed him right? We had him on the show. And we went. No, I didn't know. Dude, are you serious? You gotta, you gotta catch up on the late night with Chucky episodes. I do. I've got to go spock it. So, so uh, we went forward to the Archie episode too. Oh, dude, it's gonna be tight. So, I definitely want to see the Buell one and the. I think we did I see part of the Buell one, but I want to see the uh, Timmy Rays for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, and we did uh, Pete Mel. We've done a bunch of guys up in oh, the Pete Mel one. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Um, we uh, I, I missed the Timmy one. I must have been like up at a golf tournament in Reno or something. Yeah, I think we probably had like two 12 packs of Modelo's before before the uh, the, <laughs> the interview was done. Rad. Yeah, it was, it was a fun one. Super fun. He's a he's an amazing uh, human too. We love it, and he rips. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just so so. We, you know, like Lynn says, we always have a couple common questions. Like, if you were to hop on a plane right now, say the the, the, the spot is going off, which spot and who would you go with? Who would be on that call on the plane? Oh, it'd probably be Chichopu. Okay. Because there's nothing like having cannonball spits blow all over your boat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to bring Nathan Fletcher. Hmm. Um, Noah Wegrick, 
man, shit, who else? I don't know. Um, uh, Landon McNamara. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so he can get pitted and then sing you a song afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> he loves that place. I've been there with him before, and, and uh, I, know he wants, I know he wants it bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. That place is crazy. And he's a cool cat. I love him. Awesome. Well, shoot. We're, we're coming on uh, almost two hours here. Um, what else do uh, can we promote? Your, your page? Your prints? Where are you at? He promoted it already. I, I thank you. I'm uh, super grateful. I'm looking over trying to find that. I'm trying to find that uh, stab cover. But yeah. I can't really move because my phone's plugged in and it's probably going to die. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You'll have to there send this. I found it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Wow. Whoa. Holy smokes. That's that's a hefty tube right there. That's a scary fisheye day right there. Let me see that picture of Koa behind you. Uh, Damn. Can you see it? Yeah. I don't think that's a real wave. I think you see, I used some of your computer skills. <laughs> no, that was the gnarliest wave, dude. I'm just kidding. The thing turned black. The whole ocean turned black when that thing was coming in. It's so nuts. And Laird was towing him, and he, like, whipped it mid-face and whipped Koa into that thing, and it was just, everyone was just, dude, there was boats banging off each other because the, the set was so big that it was, like, ready to close out in between the, there's a little right off to the side in between the channel, and, dude, it was, like, I almost flew off the, the roof of the boat. <laughs> It was nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, well, Dave Nelly Nelson. Yes. We are super fortunate to, to get to wrap out with you and hear some of your stories. And uh, really, we're, we're looking forward to uh, having the book come out, Dual Perspective. Yeah. Uh, when do you think you'll have that done? I think it'll be done. I mean, a, a good bet would be February. Um, Sick. I was shooting for earlier, but uh, I think that's just a safe bet. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, it's it's more than three quarters of the way done. Basically, we have to go through the flash section. Um, the flash section is about half done, and then the Hawaii is the last section. It ends in Hawaii, and then that's it. It's done. Nice. So there was five sections total. And it's got three and a half are done right now. So there's not that much more to do. I just need to um, lay out the stories that are coming in. Awesome. I just got Fanning. Fanning just sent me a story from a boat trip that he was on. To get some classic ones. Archie's doing his story right now. You should ask him about it. See if he's see if he's uh, got it done yet. See if he's still working on it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I just talked to him like yesterday or the day before. Epic. Well, shoot. Dual script. Dual Perspective, coming out February 2021. Right on, thanks. Right on. Dave, Nelly's Magic Moments, thanks for uh, wrapping out with us. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm honored, you guys. Thank and you. And support, support Dave with uh, one of his prints. Go to his website, Dave Nelson Photography. Nellyprint.com. Nellyprint.com. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Nelly. Yeah, Peace, Peace out. All right. You. Talk to you soon. You. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.